I'm glad y'all are here. Grab your Bibles. You don't have to stand up, but grab your Bibles and turn to Exodus. Now, I know that what I'm doing goes against the rules for youth ministry. I'm never supposed to preach out of the book of Exodus, but I'm going to do it anyway because being the senior pastor of the church, I get to do this. Amen? So we learned about Moses this morning. If you missed it, the video will be up on nolachurch.com and YouTube sometime tomorrow. The Spotify will also be up there if you like podcasts. And then tonight will also be up on the podcast as well. So I'm excited about where we're going. But we are learning about Moses tonight. But I'm going to challenge you with some things that God did in Moses' life. So I'm not going to re-preach this morning's sermon. But basically where we stopped in the story was God called Moses. And Moses had an encounter with God at the burning bush. And if you've been in church any time at all, you've heard about Moses and the burning bush, right? God is talking to Moses out of the burning bush, and this is where the calling starts. And I want to talk to you tonight because there's a part of Moses' story that plugs in directly in your life. Everybody say, my life. No, say it like you mean it. Say, my life. you got to take ownership for the Word of God. There's a notion in Christianity right now, in the uber-religious Christianity, that is throwing out this term that you may have heard called narcissus. Anyone ever heard that term, narcissus? Exegesis is when you study the Word of God and you're, you're taking the stuff out of the Word of God and you're, you're seeing God there and you're getting the truth out of the Word of God. But narcissus is when you're, it's not Jesus like the, the man Jesus, it's Jesus. It's a, it's a theological word. Basically what it means is I'm putting myself in the story. And the theological thing is, well, that's bad. Well, the problem is the Bible tells us to do that. So it's not bad to to see yourself in the story and understand that everything that happens in this book has direct application in your life. It may not be literal application. Like we're not going out and sacrificing goats and turtle doves. I don't even know what a turtle dove is. I didn't know turtles could fly, but whatever. That's a dumb joke. Don't laugh at that. But like we're not doing those things literally, but there's application every time they would sacrifice something in the Old Testament. So everything in the Bible has an application in our lives, and it's up to us to find that application and then live according to that application. Before church started tonight, before you started tonight, Eden asked me, what does the TRO stand for on our T-shirts out in the merch box? Here's what it means, trust, rely, and obey. That's what the Word of God is all about. We read these stories. We see what happened in these individuals' lives. We see how they trusted God. We see how they relied on God. We see how they obeyed God, and then that's exactly what we do. We follow their examples. That makes sense. So there's a lot of things that happen in Moses' life that will tie directly in with your life. I want to look in Exodus chapter 3, look at two verses. Then we're going to read two more here in just a second out of chapter 4. Moses is having an encounter with God. God tells him, hey, I want you to go back home. I want you to go rescue my people. And Moses says to God, if I go, in verse 13, if I go to the Israelites and I tell them the God of your fathers has sent me, cool, like, thanks, I'm glad to know that the God of my fathers has sent me. And they ask me, all right, cool, what's, what's his name? What do I tell them? Like, where the, well, it, it's God, it's, you know. 
we know the name of God. Like that's what you go back and say. But but you have to understand, Moses was raised in Egypt. Moses was raised in a society that worshipped somewhere around twenty five hundred different deities. Now, these were not real gods. We know these were nothing more than pagan deities, and they all had names. And a lot of things in Egyptianism, in fact, some of this Egyptianism is starting to make its way back into young adults in today's society. It is very, very big in the New Orleans area. They're trying to, we're going to go back to that old way of thinking, but here's the deal. It's paganism, has nothing to do with God, and it's all tied in with worshiping these made-up deities and assigning deification to pieces of wood and pieces of metal and things that we see in nature. They had names for the gods that they worshipped. And the Israelites, while they were God's children, they had been there for 430 years. There's a pretty good chance they had forgotten part of what they knew about God. Am I... Am, am I Am I tracking with you? Are you tracking with me? Do you understand where I'm going with this? There is a good, strong possibility that because of what they were surrounded by, there were bits and pieces of the truth of who God is that had slipped from their mind. And there's a good possibility that Moses, this man that they knew had been raised as an Egyptian, is going to show up saying, hey, God told me to come tell you. And they're like, yeah, well, what's God's name? I want to know who you're talking about. You come telling me that I'm supposed to get rescued from 430 years of slavery. All that I've known is slavery, and you're telling me this. And God responds to Moses, and he says, I want you to tell them, I am that I am. He said, you must say this to the Israelites, I am has sent you. Like, that's a strange name for a God. Like, your God's name is I am? Yes. He is God Almighty. Here's simply what this means. He is the God who always was. He is the God who is in this moment. And he is the God who will be because he does not exist in time inside of time. Time exists inside of him. So what he is saying to Moses in this morning, in this moment, is go back to the children of Israel and tell them that that the God who surrounds every circumstance, who was God in the beginning, who is God now, and who will always be God, is the God who is bringing this word to you. This is the ending of the calling on Moses' life. There's a whole lot of stuff that happens in his life. You read through the remainder of the book of Exodus, the number, the book of Numbers, and the book of Deuteronomy. You see Mo had a lot of stuff happening in his life. But this is the end of the calling portion. Now he moves into development. And here's what I want to submit to you. And this is where God was bumping me as as I was thinking about where we were going to go tonight. God, where do you want me to go? What do you want us to say? What can I give these students and these young adults? What can I give them that they can put in their pocket and they can live out the rest of this week as they go back to school, they go back to work, they go back to life? You need to understand this. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you trust, you rely, and you obey Jesus Christ, you are called by him. You are called to go back into a society who may or may not even accept what you say, but before you step back there, God wants you to have an encounter with him where you know who he is by name. 
Because you can't face what you're going to face in your calling until you have an understanding of who is the one calling you. Does this make sense? You need to rely completely. You need to trust completely. You need to obey completely the name of the Almighty God. You need to trust that the name of Jesus is the greatest name that has ever been given under heaven, given among men, given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to trust that the name of Jesus is greater than anything else. You need to trust that at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven, everything in earth, and everything under the earth is going to bow down because you're going to face things in life and you need the authority of God. And the authority of God is only found in his identity, in his name. Amen. By the way, you can preach back at me. It's perfectly okay. I got only half the church preaching with me this morning, so I lost a little bit of my voice. Y'all going to preach with me? All right, there we go. Let me hear you a little bit more. Come on, guys. Let me hear the guys in the house. So he had to know the name. Here's the problem. A lot of people step out and say, I'm called to go do, again, wrong terminology. You're not called to go do anything. You're called to be someone. You're not called into some sort of behavioralism. You're called into an identity that is only defined by the one who trusts you with his identity. This is why it's not about action. It's about relationship because he said, in my name, I am calling you to be close to me, just to be close to you. That's my desire, God. Guess what? It was his desire before you ever realized it should be your desire. He wants to be in relationship with you. He is not calling you to go do anything. He's calling you to simply come in and rest in his presence. The hardest thing that we can do is rest. The hardest thing every one of us can do is shut our mouth, open our ears, close our eyes. Or if you'll, That will make more sense when you watch this morning's video. Close your eyes and stop trying to see the vision and trust that he already saw it and he understands your circumstance. You need to shut it all down. Just shut every bit of it down and lean into the reality. He's God. He always has been. He is right now. And he will be while I'm still trying to figure out which shoe to put on first. He is God. And if he is God, he will go with me. And in this circumstance, we can find, or in this part of the story, we can find our own circumstance. We can look at what is happening in Moses' life and we can say, I see similarities in my own story. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Exodus chapter 4, just one page over, or one swipe up if you're reading digitally on your phone, or just neck crane. It's going to be on the screen here. Look at chapter 4. We're going to look at just three quick verses here. Verse 10, God has already told Moses, here's what I want you to say. Moses does what a lot of us do when God calls us. Moses said to the Lord, oh, my Lord, I'm not an eloquent man. Neither in the past nor since you've been speaking to me. For I'm slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. What's Moses doing here? Well, he's making excuses. That's where our mind goes. But I, I don't think he's making excuses. I think he's only seeing his own limitations. 
He's speaking reality. God, please don't make me do this because you are great. You are awesome. Please don't make me go back because I know my limitations. Are you aware of what you can and cannot do? By the way, you should be. Self-awareness is a blessing. It is a big blessing. Don't try to do something you're ill-equipped to do. You will mess yourself up and everybody else at the same time. If you cannot carry a tune, please do not grab a microphone and begin to sing. (laughs) Joe is the only one who can get away with that from time to time. Not on the regular, but from time to time. Amen. Be aware of your limitations. Moses is extremely aware of his limitations. Hey, you're wanting me to say these things. I don't have the ability. Anyone ever feel like God has asked you to do something or assigned you to do something, yet you lack what you need to do it? Am I the only one? Okay, thank you for all the honest folks. Next week, we're going to talk about all the liars. God was asking him, to go back to Egypt and literally wreak havoc. He was wanting him to go back to Egypt and tell the entire economic system in the greatest civilization of the time to be completely upended because an invisible God said so. And to make matters worse, I saw him in a bush. There was this fire on this bush and the bush was burning but it wasn't being consumed and there was a little man inside the bush little man told me some things and now so you gotta let my people like for real Moses is like I do not want to do this I have issues in my life I have limitations a lot of times we find ourselves in the exact same place the modern generation that every one of you are right smack dab in the middle of is being pushed to perfection every single moment. Be better, do more, accomplish greater things. Be the greatest person in your class. Be the greatest person on your team. Go be better, 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 better. Here's the deal. God doesn't need you better. He needs you humble. God is not asking you to be the greatest speaker. God is not asking you to be the best singer. God is not asking you to be the most awesome influencer with the most awesome followers in the greatest TikTok or whatever. God doesn't give a flying rat's toenail about any of that. He doesn't need you to be better than you are. He just simply needs you to be humble. When's the last time you admitted your limitations to God? When's the last time you stopped showing God your your accomplishments and just said, you know what, I can't do this. I don't think Moses was making excuses. I think he was being real. Just being real, I I can't do this. You say, "Why, why would you say that? Because I've read further on in the book, and I see when God tells him to do something, Moses is like, hey, 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 thank you for telling me that, but if you don't go with me, I'm not going. Because Moses had a very good understanding of just how far he could go on his own strength. The problem with us is so often we step out trying to prove ourselves. Here's the deal. God didn't ask you to prove yourself to anyone. He wants to prove himself to you. 
I would be willing to bet that there's at least half of you that are feeling pressure in your life right now. It's probably more than that. You get a bad grade. You can do better. Remember this. Your parents will hate me for saying this. C's get degrees. And let me just tell you, I got a degree. And there was a few D's wrapped up in there too. It doesn't mean anything. It only means something in the moment. I'm not telling you to go in and not give it your all. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not telling you to stay up all night partying, going from, from house to house and partying all night, watching TV all night instead of staying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you pour yourself out, and if you don't get that A-plus and the extra credit and all that other mess, don't beat yourself up because that does not limit God's ability to use you. Do your absolute best. Well, how do I do my absolute best? I take everything that I am, all my limitations, and say, this is what you have to work with. Is that cool? Here's the cool thing. God doesn't need you to be perfect. He just needs you to be humble. And humility is being able to admit, I have limitations. Does this make sense? So let's see how God responds to Moses speaking of his own limitations. Verse 11 and 12, the Lord said to him, hear hear me on this. The Lord said to him, who gave a mouth to man? Okay, Mo, I know that you struggle talking. I know you're slow to speech. Maybe that's good. You, you, you don't talk without thinking. That's actually a benefit, Moses. You didn't realize that. But, but who gave a mouth to man or who makes a person mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? You see, if you don't understand who your creator is, you think Mother Nature did that. But when you understand that you're created in the image and likeness of God, you start to see that all the little things that society tells us to get rid of actually makes us beautiful in the eyes of God. Verse 12, so now go. I love this. I will be with your mouth. Moses is like, I'm slow to speech. He's like, don't worry about it, Moses. Not only am I going to be with you, I'm going to be with your mouth too. There are a few times I need Jesus with my mouth. I don't know about y'all, but there's sometimes what comes out of my mouth is not godly at all. I need Jesus, just be with my mouth right now in Jesus' name. But notice this, now go and I will be with your mouth and I will teach you what you must say. This is where a lot of us find us. We find ourselves standing in front of opportunity. We find ourselves standing in front of so many open doors and so many options of things to choose, places to go. And it's really easy to just get fixated on what we cannot do on our own 
And God's saying, don't worry about that. I will be with you. I will even be with the thing that is limiting you. And if you will just simply step out, I will teach you what you need to know. What what is God saying here? Notice God didn't say, just step out and I'll put it all into you at the moment you need it. Or I'm just, you're stepping, boom, you have everything you need. No, that's not how it works. I will teach you. Read a little bit deeper. I will teach you. Means you're not going to get everything at once. I'm going to give you what you need right now. And as you step into something else, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And as you step into something else, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And when you get into this circumstance, Evan, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And when you step over here, Samaya, I'm going to give you a little bit more. And and you step over here and you're like, I need a little bit. I've, I've got a little bit more for you. Just stay with me. Moses could have gone off on his own. He could have stepped back into the throne room that no doubt he had spent time as a child playing in. He could have stepped in there and boldly said, you listen to me, I know who I'm talking to. I saw the little man in the burning bush and he told, no, he, but he, he didn't do that. He simply acknowledged that he couldn't do it without God. He trusted that God had spoken to him. He relied on God to give him what he said, what he needed to say in the moment, and he believed that God was going to go before him. Then he just started walking. And every step he took, God began to put things in him that he needed to accomplish the task. This is where we are. Anybody have any big opportunities coming up in your life? Any big transitions coming up? Yeah. God doesn't want you walking into that transition by yourself. So here's what here's here's where you need to find yourself. You need to go to that holy place. You need to take off everything that you brought in with you. Just go in that holy place and say, God, what are you trying to say to me? What is your identity saying to me? Don't hide your limitations. God can see through the bull crap, I promise you. Just say, here's what I bring to the table. I'm just giving it to you. I need you to refine me. Does that make sense? And here's the promise. God says, if you will trust in me, you rely on me, and if you'll obey me, I will teach you everything that you need to know on every part of the journey. Here's my challenge for you tonight. Don't run from what you don't have. Don't run from what you haven't done. Don't run from what you don't know. Well, I, I would, I'd get involved in small groups, but I, I don't know enough about the Bible. Don't worry about that. Get in community, and he'll teach you what you need to know as you're in community. Best thing you can do in that moment is close your mouth, open your ears, and just let some other people love you to Jesus. Does that make sense? Get involved in his vision. How do I get involved in his vision? Remember what we've talked about. God takes the lonely, and he places them in a family. You're connected at NOLA Church on purpose. It's not accidental. 
This is where God wants you to be. Go all in. Don't hang back. Go all in. Lean in and say, where can I get involved? Well, you're just trying to make me busy. I'm not trying to make you busy. I'm trying to get you connected so you can start engaging because I know what happens when you start engaging in the work of God. He starts moving things out of your life that are distractions, and he starts pouring things into your life that will change everything about you. Get involved. Grab a small group. Next Sunday is next steps. After the 11 a.m., Worship experience, and you should come to 11 a.m. worship experience. It's really good. You should come, and when that's over, we've got some lunch for you. And I'm teaching Next Steps this Sunday, not by myself, but I'm teaching Next Steps. So come be a part of it. Y'all come support the pastor as he teaches Next Steps. Haven't done this in like six years. Why, why, Why do we do that? Because you need to see what the next step is in your life and see what God wants to do in you and through you, but see who God wants to show you you actually are. Lean in. Watch where he's going to take you. I hope this is encouraging for you tonight.